Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's show, we are going to be talking about last night's uh, unfortunate defeat at El Paso, 1-0. Was it actually deserved or not? I personally don't think we deserved the loss yesterday, but uh, we'll find out what our guests tonight have to say about the match. Also, we're going to take a look at the upcoming cup game, a historic game, first ever time that we'll be hosting the round of 16 in the U.S. Open Cup. And we'll be talking about what we'll be have going on next week uh, prior to that game as well. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I have uh, two people on the show tonight. But first, uh, I want to go with our special guest uh, that we have joined us tonight is Martha Robinson. Thank you so much, Martha, for uh, hopping on the podcast here on, on such a short notice. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me on, Luis and Jared. It's really nice of you. Yeah, uh, we, I'm looking forward to um, all that you have to say about the last night's game. I know you you had a lot. <laughs> I know we, we were talking during the match, and I'm sure a lot of people hearing uh, share your same view, too, because uh, I, I sure do on, on something particular that, that you told me yesterday. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know. I, my kids play soccer. I'm not like a, you know, I don't know enough about soccer, but I've watched it since the kids were little. And I've been a season ticket holder since 15. So, you know, I go to all the matches when I can. Oh, yeah. No, you, you have a lot of great observations. And it, it's always great to, to hear you uh, talk about, anything going on in the games and that's what we're trying to do here on the show right is, is try to get more people who maybe have never been to a game or maybe just been a couple of games to really understand the game better and uh, hopefully get get into it as much as we do but sometimes we really get into it that I'm not expecting everyone to <laughs> to get into it as much as, as we do and also from our uh, podcast team here uh, let's go all the way over to Arizona Jared how's it going man us, uh, it's already uh, no longer not summer here. I mean, we've already hit the hundreds, looking about 105, but uh, still not as hot as, as I was last night. I mean, seeing how, how the second half uh, came along. Oh, I mean, I've, I've uh, definitely got a few things to say as well here and there. I mean, not, not just on the pitch, but also off the pitch. So we'll definitely uh, cover both of those as we can. Oh, yeah, it, it's getting hot. Uh, over here as well uh, and as we'll talk about later on the show next week is going to be pretty hot and yeah just we'll, we'll be talking more about uh, how the weather will be like <laughs> for the next game here uh, later on but before we get started uh, I want to invite everyone uh, who is not following us on social to uh, please give us a follow you can find us on Facebook Twitter Instagram at State Republic 12 we are going to be having uh, two live shows next week on our Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages. So if you're not following them, now's a good time to go give them a follow. So you find out uh, when we go live on those two shows. Um, they're going to be really great. And, and I'm really looking forward to uh, hosting those shows here. So let's go ahead and do uh, Golazos of Gratitude. And Martha, I know we didn't really tell you ahead of time if you had one, but if you do have one, uh, feel free to, to say it. And if not, that, that's okay as well. But yeah. uh, do, do you have any uh, gratitude messages that you'd like to, to send? No, no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Jared, anything on, on your side for today? 
Well, as far as uh, glasses of gratitude, I mean, uh, right right now, I just want to give uh, gratitude to uh, my foot because it's finally starting to heal a little bit from the uh, the walkabout I had a couple weeks ago in uh, New York City, and, and also the uh, the match uh, there in New Jersey. So thankfully, that's starting to come up a, a little well. So definitely grateful for that, and then also. Even though obviously I'm not going to be there, although I really wish I I could be, I definitely want to give glasses of gratitude to the uh, to the club, you know, Republic FC, for the promotion that they're going to be doing next uh, Wednesday, which is two dollars beer, soda, or water. Because one, of course, is going to be hot, so you know there's going to be a need to keep everybody hydrated, and two, also for keeping in mind that not everybody does drink beer, and of course. You got to think of the folks that are underage. So including the water and the soda in that $2 deal, I mean, that, that, is, that is excellent. I mean, that is definitely a way to, to get butts in the seats. And we're going to need as many as possible on Wednesday. So so thank you, Republic FC, for, for keeping everybody in mind with, with that, especially with the heat. Yeah, I definitely do appreciate it. As someone who uh, doesn't drink alcoholic beverages, that we're, we're finally getting a, <laughs> a deal ourselves, too. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. We don't drink alcohol either. So, yeah, it's kind of nice to include not $5 water. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit overpriced, but yeah, I'm glad they're they're giving us a, a good deal for once here on on drinks. You know, I I, I had a similar gloss of gratitude right to the team for that, uh, but I also want to give them a gloss of gratitude for the fact that they've been spending uh, quite a bit on marketing this uh, upcoming match. And, and of course, being the marketer here, I have to <laughs> bring that up. Uh, uh, they've been doing a couple of ads in different avenues. And the, the one that really stood out to me was a uh, digital ad that they are doing on a parking garage in downtown. I'm not quite sure which one it is, but I, I saw the video uh, making its rounds on social and it's it's really awesome that they're doing this much uh, on there, and I hope they do it more for other games as well because it, it's just it just gets you more hyped up for the game when you see that they're promoting it in different places like that. Yeah, the parking garage you're talking about in downtown is the one that's across the street uh, from the Golden One Center. So so there's a lot of foot traffic because you have the Golden One Center, you have uh, Doco right there. So to have that many eyeballs seeing, you know, the Republic FC, you know, putting the word out about next uh, week's uh, Open Cup match against San Jose. I mean, that is really one of the best spots in, in downtown to get the word out. I mean, just uh, just short of having a billboard along I-5, but I'm sure they'll probably get get those as well. Hey, Luis, I'd like to add, now that you mentioned that, um, I think we should thank Kevin Nagel because, you know, they have to pay money to have the Open Cup games at our stadium. And I think this round is like $25,000. The previous round was 15, I think. So, you know, you can't host if you don't give them money. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen some other, uh, other teams such as uh, FC Motown with a former Republic FC player, uh, Mike DeFonte. Uh, They had won $25,000 for being the uh, highest, uh, highest, uh, advancing club in their league and as i mentioned on a previous podcast um i think also the other us uh, oh union omaha union omaha they they had also uh won 20, the 25000 dollars prize for 
being the furthest advancing in the USL League One. Now, there's one other USL championship team in this as well. That's uh, Louisville City FC. So, I mean, I, I think they're probably going to go pretty far. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping we go far as well. But just bear in mind, we've got one other team in our league that we have to go against for that prize. But yes, it does cost quite a bit of money to host Open Cup because you figure you're going to have uh, an additional game to, to get staffed. You know, you have the concessions, security, everything like that, that you have to uh, prepare for. And some of the lower Open Cup games, as we've seen, they've only had a portion of the stadium open for such a big match like this to come across against San Jose. They're going to try to to get as many people to attend as possible. So that's why they're going to open the entire stadium. But of course, with opening the entire stadium compared to only a portion of the stadium, your costs are going to increase. So it is going to cost more to host. So that's going to put more momentum to getting the club to win to not, not only advance in the, uh, the the tournament, but also to kind of make up some of that um, money that, that you spent up. But yes, I mean, Kevin Nagel has definitely invested in this club, not just for the Open Cup this year, but really the whole club in general. So definitely agree with you on, on that. Glazer grabs you there, Martha. Excellent. And then plus, I mean, yeah, like you said, more 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 costs being that the stadium will be completely open, right? So they'll definitely have to have more uh, staff than than they've had at other cup games. And let me add another gloss of gratitude to Kevin <laughs> uh, because we just found out a couple hours ago um, that and and don't take my word for it for all members because this was just coming from Sharon and she has been a member for. For a while now, or I, I shouldn't say for all since the beginning, since they won the team. Um, but Kevin actually uh, offered complimentary tickets. I believe it was two for season ticket members who had already purchased their tickets um, to invite correct. people. Oh, okay, you you also got it, Martha, as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, That's correct. Um, I had bought seven tickets, and when I went to my account manager today, there was nine tickets there. Mm-hmm. So two free tickets. Awesome. Well, yeah, sh- shout out to Kevin for, for doing that. And I know that the email says it's coming from Kevin. He He's the one who, right. who made the call to, to do that. And uh, kind of going back to what we were saying, right? When you spend so much on marketing and on top of it, you're still, you know, giving these two tickets just to get people to come to the game and, and just to be there so we can be as loud as possible. That's really awesome. And I don't think they've probably ever done that before, or it may have been like early on, but it, it's really great when, when they do that for members who, who have been there. Right. So. Right. Well, I kind of thought I was doing my fair share because, you know, usually it's just Jen and I who go to the game. So, you know, the rest of the fans come in this, this time and they came to the last open cup. So. All right. Well, let's keep that good luck going then. Yeah. So. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and uh, talk about last night's game at El Paso. Uh, 1-0, again, a really sad loss for us because uh, I really didn't think that any team deserved to lose. It was more one of those games where it probably should have been a tie and complicated, of course, right? Because you got, you know, a pretty hot weather and you're playing at a baseball stadium, which if any of you know me, I'm always complaining about anyone playing at a baseball stadium soccer like there's just no way you could play at one of those venues because 
the length of the field is never going to be great, right? Because most baseball stadiums are, have their own dimensions and all that. And if you're going there as a fan, you can't really get a good view, right? For the most part, unless you sit in a particular section where you might be a little bit close, but most of the views around the stadium aren't going to be great. And so, yeah, uh, we were already starting off on, on a bad foot there, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts overall on the match. We'll talk about little details here, but uh, just to get, give me your, your overall thoughts. Um, and let's go with you, Martha, first. Well, I hate to say it, Luis, but we deserve to lose. We didn't play well. We didn't. We weren't aggressive. I think that has to do with the baseball field because the dot, you know, the field is shorter and narrower than what we're used to playing on. But honestly, I thought we were playing for a tie, uh, you know, zero zero tie. We just, I don't know. I didn't see any energy from almost the entire team. A few players, yes, but not overall. Yeah, that's uh, de- definitely a, a strong position there, and and, and really, I, I I agree with you. I mean, I'm not a fan of the baseball field as well. I mean, at least Las Vegas uh, did something to erode some of the baseball history from the field by sawing down the f- foul poles and evening out the field. So great for that. But unfortunately, El Paso they still use that field for the uh, El Paso Chihuahuas uh, baseball team. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the the performance goes, I mean it's. I don't know if it's either the heat, the baseball conditions or what, but uh, it did not look like a hundred percent from them. I know they wanted to get, give uh, that, but it just for some reason did not show up. And, and also I have noticed over the past couple of weeks that El Paso has been slowly, but surely getting back to their former uh, stance as far as just, you know, getting in there and winning. This is different than the three, the three, one thrashing we gave them at heart uh, health park and then continued on their downward slide. They're starting to pick back up. And uh, we, we kind of saw it with uh, the defense and the, uh, the goalkeeping that El Paso had. I mean, we, we definitely had opportunities. It's, you know, we, we c- couldn't even get one in there. It's, it's definitely not our night. And then of course, uh, some of the other aspects as well, um, we actually had a, a TVV member that made the trip over to El Paso for the match. Uh, she actually had uh, one of the TIFOs from, I think, the last home match that, uh, you know, no, no issue at Heart Health Park, of course. But, you know, once, once you make it over to Texas and I'm and I'm not not trying to make this political or anything like that, but uh, the TIFO she had, apparently uh, El Paso uh, security had issues with. They said, oh, somebody could be uh, offended. But then I'm hearing on, on, on the stands, you know, and I'm watching the Fox 40 app here in Arizona. I'm just hearing the whole crowd, you know, just letting loose with the P chance. I mean, come come on, El Paso. You, you're not going to do anything about that. I mean, there's rules of conduct. I mean, offensive language and everything like that. But but I guess you're all cool with that. And then, and then, of course, there's the on-field performance. The, uh, the one play that we're going to talk about uh, with uh, – with Dougie that I mean, granted, I know Dougie is young and he's got to have more discipline, but then again, he was basically, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, basically he was put into an episode of AEW dynamite by how he was body slammed on the field. But that's that, that's how that's best I can put it. And then Dougie's reaction, granted, he threw, threw an arm, I mean, and Parvet did did hit the El Paso player, but 
Oh, the refs only saw that. Convenient. They didn't. They decided to go ahead and give the red card. So I, I know Martha can probably add in on this. I'm sure you you can as well, Luis. So let me hear 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 y'all. Let me hear what y'all got to add on under it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll 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 be talking about Dougie here a little bit shortly because uh, I I know there's there's a lot. Uh, Martha, of course, has a lot to talk about on that too, and and I do as well. Um, but kind of going back to the chant that you were saying, right. And, and I, I went back through the match, uh, through a couple of minutes and uh, I, I heard it multiple times and I, I had to put my volume up. Right. And I, you could really hear it clearly. And I noticed that the team in their digital, uh, boards that they have around the, the stadium, uh, when the goalkeeper is gonna, you know, do the, the goal kick, right they actually put the words locos right and they start playing what sounds like an actual locomotive right like uh, really loud and you know I, i'm you know i guess maybe they're trying to get people to not do it right by just raising the volume of that and and having everyone shout loco right but or locos but no one was really doing that and you could really hear it clearly and it happened multiple times and if anyone wants to actually hear it, uh, you could go back and, and watch the replays. And I just recorded or one of the timestamps that I think really stood out to me was if you go back to like the minute 33 with like 20 seconds, you'll notice that uh, behind uh, Danny V's goal net, you, you have what I believe is the El Paso supporters group. Um, but you see everyone getting ready to do the shout. And if y'all haven't seen, you know, how people get ready, they start already, you know, moving their hands around and, you know, m- making this like sound and even maybe like drumming down because they're ready to do the shout. They started doing that. And and it was pretty clear and you could see them in the background there. And so, I mean, I- I'd be surprised if USL doesn't do anything because I know other venues have really taken strict measures and, it's not something that I think that the league would be tolerating, right? Especially when, you know, nationwide, international, you know, we know all the issues that have arised because of that. Yeah, we would think, but it's it's happened multiple times uh, throughout the league. I mean, El Paso is not alone. Uh, I've seen where a couple of years ago, New Mexico had a pride night and the fans there also partook in, in the P chance, which you would think, I I don't know. It's right now. I'm 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 just mm. and then Phoenix. I've heard I've heard them on the playoff game here a couple of years ago. Uh, they were doing doing it as well. In fact, I th- I say that the uh, them using the P chant ended up biting them in the in the backside uh, by way of karma uh, around or two later because they got they got the exit. But. If USL is going to be serious about being all inclusive, they need to stomp this uh, out. I mean, they need to stomp the P chant out. I mean, I know some people may say, oh, it's part of the culture. It's a hateful slur. There's no room for it. Get rid of it. Anyone caught in it using those slurs intentionally needs to be banned from, from that particular stadium. Hell, maybe even through, through the entire USL championship system. I mean, that's, that's just me. I mean, I know some folks will uh, will point and laugh. I, I've had a couple of El Paso fans or so re- uh, laugh with the laugh react or so on a post on Facebook. 
But you know what? One, the one thing we can do as, as a club, as a fan base, as a market, is be above that. Whenever a match comes uh, comes to Heart Health Park, there's no room for it. We we don't even uh, do anything close to that. These these other teams, they need to be disciplined for it, especially El Paso for it, from this past week. Well, if you want to grow the game and you want to include more people to come to your stadium, yeah, probably should watch what your people say. Because how are you going to grow the how are you going to grow the game if you are being negative toward people who might be at your game? Yeah, and I remember early on, um, and in the early Slack Republic days, because I remember I, I, you know, when I went in 2015, it was probably just around that time. There, there were some people in TVB that would have the chance, right? And Jerry maybe heard it like super early on, but the team really cracked down on that. And it didn't last long at all, right? I mean, this was back when, like, the the chant was going on, right, internationally, right? You 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 would see it, and no one was really doing anything about it. But uh, I know Sacramento early on, they cracked down on that, right? They were not going to tolerate that behavior. And other teams need to step it up and do that too, right? If it means them, you know, not allowing people to be in their supporters group section there at Apostle, then so be it, right? But it really shows how strong a team is committed to just stopping that. And it's, it's sad. I mean, I haven't heard it in any other stadium and I was surprised to hear it yesterday in USL. And I I hope the league does something um, about it. And, um, you know, but really puts like a strict uh, sanction on the team to really, you know, emphasize that. Yeah, we're, we're serious about this. So let's go ahead and and take a look at the, the goal we get scored on happened in the 75th minute. Uh, from a, a corner kick goal uh, set piece, it, it seemed like this was one of those games where if any team was going to lose, it was probably going to happen in a set piece, right? Being how uh, Las Marta was saying, it's like they were playing for a tie, essentially. And as I looked at the goal, I want to hear your guys' thoughts as well, but I noticed that the guy who scores the goal should have been marked by Luther. Luther just wasn't really uh, too close to his mark, and and he left his mark right there. And unfortunately, you know, it's one of those things where you got to be focused on a corner kick, right? Because sometimes games like these uh, are decided by uh, a set piece, and Luther wasn't there. And the first shot, I got to say, when I first saw it live, I thought that it hadn't gone in right until I saw the replay, and then you noticed that the ball had clearly passed the line. I don't know if the referee had actually already marked the goal or if, you know, we would have seen one of those situations where the ball goes in and referee says it wasn't a goal and there's no VAR and we get pretty lucky on that. But that, that's that's what happened there. But, you know, credit to Danny V. He, he tried to uh, stop it the first time as, as much as he could. But um, really curious to hear you guys' thoughts on on this goal. What would what, you think about it? And first, let's go to you, Martha. Well, it was coming. It had been coming for a long time. We, you know, I mean, I don't know. We didn't have any shots on goal in the first half, I don't believe. And in the second half, there were corner kick after corner kick after corner kick. Eventually, one of those is going to go in, especially when you don't mark the players you're supposed to mark. I mean, it was bad enough that it went in and Danny tried to push it out. But then we let the exact same guy kick it in again. I wasn't happy with the team at this point. Before we go with you, Jared, um, 
we didn't think this was going to happen, but we're, we're, we're glad she was able to join. <laughs> Sharon has actually joined. Um, so hey. I'll make sure Ooh. to edit all this so we can properly introduce her. Or, you know, I'll just introduce her right away, too. That, that way we won't even do an edit. Hey, Sharon, you're actually live on Staler Public Podcast or live on a recording right now, right? But welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for bringing me in. Thanks, guys. You came in right at the time when we were looking at the goal we got scored on. Um, so uh, I guess, Jared, if you're okay, if we could hear Sharon's thoughts uh, on, on the goal we, we got scored on. Yeah, absolutely. So interestingly enough, when I was watching it, because I was in a meeting at the same time that we had the goal scored on us, um, you know, we were all disappointed. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It was just, it just seemed like, it seemed like we were holding it together. It seemed like our guys were trying really hard um, to, you know, to keep El Paso from getting the advantage. Um, I think we were all shocked because we were talking in the background, all of us, about possession, the stats on possession. And if you've already run, run that through, I actually thought we had a pretty good amount of possession, but the stats don't bear that. And that was, uh, that was a little bit shocking. And they always say the team with the highest percentage of possession usually ends up winning the game, usually. And in this case, it was just kind of, um, it ended up being that way. Now, I don't think this was any, I don't know that it was anybody's fault, except for it was just the clearly one ball and it was, it, it made its way in the back of the net. What have you guys thought about it so far? Uh, what have you thought about it, Jared? First, let's go to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I did see the the first shot shot attempt. I mean, with the live action angle, it was kind of questionable as far as if he even made it past the line or not. But then once they had the replays, it did show it did clearly go across the line. And, you know, Danny it just uh, got rid of it. You know, I, you know what, what else can you do? And then it just looking at the replay, you know, we, we had defenders just kind of sta- standing there you know, not making an attempt, even though granted, yes, it would have been in vain, but it would have at least shown effort, you know, at least run towards the, uh, the, you know, the one scoring the goals, but I don't know. It's still, I mean, as, as, as given the fact that we had so many opportunities and we we've tried punching it in and nothing goes through and yet they, they go in and get one right in when we need it. I mean, it's, it's a continuation of of our road uh, road match worries, and we don't ex- exactly have a great record in, in Texas this year. I've seen, given the fact that we've already uh, lost the heartbreaker in at Rio Grande Valley, and then now we have uh, this loss in El Paso, and I'm not sure uh, how farther along the season that we go into playing uh, San Antonio. We still have that match uh, to, to go, but. I mean, this this goal, I mean, it was definitely disappointing and, and disheartening that uh, we couldn't mark properly and just, you know, they, they caught us napping. Hopefully, you know, that changes in San Antonio and we break the, the away at Texas curse that, <laughs> that we have right now. But I, I'm still of the opinion that I think it, it was all on Duder in this goal because he should have been marking uh, Fox properly and if you go back and look at even before Fox makes contact with the ball, Luther is already doing something that we never want to see a player do. And that is actually pulling Fox's jersey. And I know it's just like a slight pull, but 
you never want to do that, right? Because if he falls, referee could probably claim that as a PK, right? Because, you know, you yank someone's jersey and you stop them from advancing, automatic PK, right? Doesn't You don't have to tackle someone for it to be a PK. So just for, for starters, that that was not good. And he needs to, not only he, right, but just in general, everyone needs to make sure not to do that, especially when, when you're in the box. Uh, you know, we, we don't want any more PKs. We know Danny V is a great PK stopper, but we don't want to see more of those moments uh, <laughs> when, you know, we, we're running the risk of actually, you know, him not stopping it. And then another thing with Luther in this goal is that, yes, I know the, the ball went in, right? Uh, for all we know, I don't even know if like the referee was actually going to mark it or not. Because if you look at the, at the linesman, he never, you know, signaled like it's a goal or anything, right? At least from what we could see in the replay here, um, I guess, you know, referee would have gone and talked to everyone and figure out if they thought it went in or not. But it happened so quick that it could have been one of those times where, you know, sure it would have been lucky for us and would have been <laughs> bad for El Paso, right? That they wouldn't actually call a legitimate goal, but Luther should have been on the ball, right? And and I know he must have thought Danny B is going to just block it there. But, you know, you can't have the same guy, Fox, right, actually on the ground, stand up and beat you to it and go back and actually uh, shoot it to actually prove that it actually went in, right? And for all we know, right, Danny could have probably blocked it. He could have probably left it there. And same situation would have still happened. So they need to be watching the ball where it's going and not just right away assume that, oh, Danny B is going to get it. No need to run. He should have been in front of Fox and not just uh, basically just standing there uh, watching Fox, you know, you know, pull a shot. it's so funny, Luis, you've been a you've been a stickler about this all season long, you know, and we all have about pressure, cover, balance and cover, you know, nobody really was doing the, the work that you're talking about cover. We always talk about protecting our goalkeeper and Roro will be the first one to say that we need to do, um, that we need to do a better job of protecting our goalkeeper and knock down rebounding, not rebounds, follow the ball, you follow the shot. Everybody's got to be 100% on it. Just look like just lost their concentration, Lise, right? Is that what it looked like? It's like everybody thought somebody else was going to do it. Nobody did it, right? It, that, that's what everyone thought. That's why everyone just basically just observed as uh, Fox took a, a second shot at goal. And they just looked and that, that that's worrisome for everyone just to be right there staring and thinking like, oh, or either that or, or just being like, oh, it, it went in already, it's going to be a goal, right? You got to keep playing and not, because even, even if had Fox not actually gotten that second shot, referee probably would have been like, oh, that's weird. All the Sacramento players are just standing around. It must have been a goal if they're just standing right there. So I thought I, I thought I was watching a Rivercats game where if it was a, a pop fly and you've got two, three uh, if fielders just looking amongst yourselves like, hey, you got it, you got it, you got it. Boom, 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 boom. And it, it ends up dropping, nobody catching it. That's what it reminded me of. I mean, I I hate to, to use that analogy, but looking at this replay, I mean, there, there's no other better comparison because you had the action going through, 
you know, Danny V was doing the work. Everybody else just standing around like, you know, hey, um, who's 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 doing? I mean, who's, who's getting in there? I mean, it, it, it just annoys me that as far as seeing the inactivity, at least make a couple steps towards towards the action. You know, make it look like you're trying to do something. Everyone was just standing around like like it was like it was a Dutch Brothers uh, a walkthrough line or something. So so Jared, are you annoyed? You sound very annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I, if it was any worse, I'd I'd probably be unlocking Lewis Black mode at this moment. <laughs> oh dear me! Well, thank you for letting me jump on. It looks like you have other people also online. We got Martha as well. Um, Mar- Martha, what, what are we're curious to hear? What, what are your thoughts on <laughs> on this situation with the goal? Have you guys noticed that when Danny V sometimes when a ball's coming at him for goal, he doesn't hold on to it. It like bounces off of him, and it did that during that goal too. And yeah, you know, you think, oh, I thought, you know, it seems dangerous when that happens. Fox would have never had the other opportunity to go after the ball again. Yeah, I, I felt like he 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 must have thought you know Luther Luther's got him right. Luther's a pretty tall guy, you know. How's he just going to be sneaking through? But yeah, he 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 wasn't expecting it. That that was Luther's post right there as well. Like he he really shouldn't have let that happen. And I I think. Another player, right, just to maybe not put all the fault on, on Luther, I would probably also say that Lee Desmond should not have been behind um, Casey. And he just seemed like he was out of place as well, right? Like he should have been a little bit more back. And yet, you know, he, he's not really doing much right aside from <laughs> Well, that's funny because they gave they gave Lee Desmond like the player of the game award last night, or I don't know what they called it, but they they kind of called him the man of the match for Sac Republic last night. So I don't know whose uh, mark responsibility it was back there. I don't know if Jack Gurr was supposed to come away from his post. I don't know if Dan Casey was supposed to float in behind. We just don't know. It'd be interesting. You know, it's kind of like Connor. Can you ask the coach what happened there, you know, where they thought the breakdown was, or was it just clearly one of those situations that nobody had any control over? So that happened with that. And, and I hope, you know, they, they learned a lot just from that goal itself, because we, it sure gave us a lot, a lot to talk about here (laughs) with that one. So I want to move forward to this and, and I know Martha really wants to as well. She has a lot to say about uh, Dougie, (laughs) as I mentioned before, but Let's talk about that red card uh, elbow play from Dougie uh, hitting or elbowing the guy on the ground. Uh, I don't know how hard it was. I looked at a couple different replays, but regardless, you never do that. Whether you barely touch someone's face or you actually really knock him out, it's always going to be a red card. And he did it and he basically uh, almost like ruined the whole game for us, right? With like, 10 plus minutes remaining and it, it was pretty tough to uh, come back from that red card, um, especially after being one nil down. So uh, let's go over to you, Martha. you got a lot to say about Dougie and this play and just in general, your thoughts on him. Well, first of all, I think Dougie didn't want to be on that field at all. 
um, you know, unfortunately, the guy had him like in a wrestling mode and drug him to the ground. And I can understand he was frustrated by that. But again, you don't get to elbow another player on the ground when the referee is standing right there. But Dougie didn't play well the entire match. You know, he doesn't when when we are on defense and the other team has the ball, he doesn't go after the ball at all. And there were a couple of times in the first half where if he had even taken one step, he could have intercepted that ball, but he didn't even move. So he's not, I'm not high on Dougie. Maybe he's going to show us something, but he hasn't shown me anything yet. You know, that's interesting. You would say that because we've all noticed that Dougie plays in spurts. Um, There's times where he'll play a whole 45 minutes in the first half. And then the second half, it's almost like somebody lit a fire under him and said, you know, you know, you need to run because if you don't run, you're going to come off the field. And then, then all of a sudden he starts running for the ball. He runs to the ball. He plays both sides of the ball. Um, we always, we've seen a different Dougie sometimes in the same game, you know, coming out. And if this was one of his uh, not so brilliant matches, I mean, that goes to show that we, we sometimes get the Dougie we like. And then there are times where we get sleepy Dougie, you know, where he's just doesn't react quickly. You know, it's like, it's like the side of the field you need to be on when the ball's on the right side, you drift to the right side. So you anticipate. It always seems like his anticipation skills are not as strong as like some of the other guys like Keko and Zico. They have pretty good anticipation skills. And Malik Foster, they anticipate things going. And it's almost like Dougie's waiting for the clumpet behind the defense so he can just run onto a ball, kind of ball. Does that make sense? Yeah, but but again, if you... If he takes one step, I mean, I'm asking him to, you know, sprint down the field. That would be nice. But he doesn't sometimes move at all when the ball's going, you know, to the other team. They're just passing back and forth and he could stop it. Right. He's just five steps away or five yeah. yards away and he could put pressure on, on them and have them cough it up or, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what Mark Briggs is, is asking of Doug. You know, I honestly, there could be a reason Dougie's not doing that. He, you know, I honestly, it would be interesting to find out. It'd be nice from hear from Connor if he could ask those questions. It's like, you know, what what specifically is Doug being asked to do from Coach Mark Briggs, and what else is Mark looking for in that player or in the per- person playing that position? Because we've got a couple guys that can actually play that role. We've got Luther who can play in that role you know, and Dougie. And when they're both on the field together, it's like, wow, we've got twin towers up front. We've got twin towers in defense. So it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to find out. Looking at this play uh, in live action, I've just, I mean, it was definitely split down the middle as far as the faults. I mean, granted, yes, uh, the El Paso player thought he was uh, walking down the ramp in AEW with, with that kind of body slam, but still just, just like it was mentioned, I mean, if you're being taken down like that, you don't swing the arm because the ref's going to be ready and waiting for that, ready to pull the red card. Even if it's just like a, you know, like a shoe fly, get, get away from me kind of a swing, you know, the refs are already going to be out against you. I mean, Dougie, I, I know he is a young player, but 
with a lot of young players and you got to instill the discipline. I mean, you've got to not give a reason for a ref to get back at you. Granted, the the easiest they probably would have given was maybe a yellow, but looking at how the play progressed, I mean, how that uh, swing progressed, at first, uh, like a lot of other folks, I was saying, no, that's not a red. That can't be a red, you know, rescinded. But then looking at it further, they're like, Dougie, what are, were you thinking I mean, this is this is not going to be as, as simple as uh, getting Luther's uh, red card rescinded from back in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago. I mean, more than likely, he's not going to be making the trip to Oakland or at least not going to be starting for Oakland uh, given this. I mean, it, it is starting to be a, ta- a, a tale of two Duggies at this point, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, in the past, we've said that he's had good second halves. Well, th- this was. Without a doubt, I think one of his worst games he's ever had, maybe even in his career. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen like all the games and with his other teams. But when you have red cards like this, uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember the, the the guy we had last season that also had a similar uh, thing like this, right? And granted, we didn't really hear of him after. If you guys remember his name, I'm trying to remember, but he he wasn't around after that red card. If you guys remember, former Columbus Crew guy, defender. Um, he also had a similar play like that where he got a red card. It was a really dumb challenge, and we're seeing it here with Dougie. And I, I hope that he gets talked to, right, really serious, because you're not supposed to do these things, right? And, you know, uh, as I looked at the replay more initially, when I first saw the play, I, I was kind of with you, Jared, too. I, I was like, oh, I think it's, you know, guys maybe exaggerating. He probably didn't get him. Uh, and, you know, he was just trying to stand up. But the more I saw the replay, the more I noticed that not only actually does he have, uh, you know, just this uh, elbow to his face, but if you guys actually see the replay, and, and at first I thought, oh, it's a delayed reaction by the El Paso player. This is why I kind of thought, oh, he's just maybe just faking it for the ref, right? Trying to get the red card to happen. But Dougie actually seems to be scratching his face as his arm goes down, right? So the the elbow happens, and then you see him do a movement where he kind of like slightly grabs his jersey from behind, and then he casually just moves his hand, and I'm pretty sure that the guy maybe scratches his face, and, and that's why it wasn't a delayed reaction. I mean, he literally not only elbowed him, but he also scratched him as uh, he was getting ready to, um, to you know, stand back up. And, you know, it, two bad things in, in, in one. And, yeah, I mean, you, you can't ever defend that kind of behavior. And I'm with Martha as well. Uh, there were a lot of moments in the game where he really wasn't running, right, putting a lot of pressure. And we've seen that happen. I, I, I hate to quote it again, but... The first game, the first half of the first game we had against El Paso as well, uh, Dougie was not running at all. And Sharon wanted him out and and all that. And so we saw it again here. And there was one moment, I think just like minutes before the red card happened, where I was seeing everyone else actually run and put pressure. I was seeing Keiko, you know, run and, and put pressure towards the goalkeeper. And... Dougie was the only one that wasn't really doing much of that. He was just walking around and 
you know, when you have that situation going on where you see everyone else on the team doing that, you almost want to tell coach like, hey, just sub him out already, right? We we can't have a player that is not putting pressure when everyone else is trying to do that, and this guy is not helping the team function uh, as it should. So interesting, you would say it was Hatay Alashe last year. He oh, was yeah. a a defensive midfielder slash midfielder. It was Fatai that once he got red carded, he was gone. We never saw him again. Yeah. Don't think, think I'm glad you <laughs> brought up his name. I was really trying to remember and understandably so, right? I don't even think a lot of people even really remember him as much because he he was basically gone after that red card. And you know, who <laughs> knows exactly what what happened there, but it may have been that, you know, but we just can't have these things going on and, and they, they really ruin our, our games. And, you know, if you're going to get a red card, let it be because it was the last man and you kind of didn't have another option, right. But just to tackle them, but never let it be on a play that you could have easily avoided. And uh, I, I'm with you as well. Uh, I think you mentioned it, Jared, you know, he, he body wrestled him right. To like pull Dougie down and it probably should have been a yellow card as well, but granted how bad, uh, Dougie elbowed and scratched the guy's face. The referee was more focused on the red card than also well, pulling retaliation, Luis. I mean, we all know retaliation mm-hmm. fouls are the ones that are the ones that are picked up. It's never usually the original foul, it's the retaliation that's seen. You know, the original foul isn't always seen. And I think if Dougie had just let it rest, we've all just said it. If Dougie had just let it rest the player would have gotten a yellow card and Dougie would have gotten off scot-free, but retaliation, they, they had to discipline him because you're not well, the allowed player to did get a yellow card. What? The player did get a yellow card. We right, had but- a, we had a, a penalty kick right after that. That guy got red card. He got yellow carded. Oh, you mean a free kick? Yeah. Yeah. We got a free kick because he got yellow carded. Ah, uh, got it. Got it. Okay. But, but then we it was a moot point because Dougie was gone and we're down to 10 men. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks for uh, pointing that out too. Uh, I think we were also focused on the red card that we didn't even look at, at the yellow there, but yeah, I mean, usually the one that retaliates is the one that gets red carded. That, that's uh, a good point there. And just something that they need to just be more uh, focused on. And yeah. uh, I, I know coach, you know, was, was really disappointed at that as any other coach would be. Right. But right. Y- you just, you can't do that. And uh, I say that whenever he's eligible to play again, I don't know if he's going to get a one game, even a two game sanction for, for what he did. Y- you uh, put him on the bench. Right. Yeah. And if he That's wants to get back, too. yeah. If he wants to be- get back in the starting 11, then he's got to prove earn himself. Yeah. Earn it. Right. He yeah. has to earn can we bring up one other thing about that match? Yeah. And that is in the first half, did we have any shots on goal at all? I don't think so. I thought Cuello had a shot. Uh, we may he, have had one or two right. shots. He, yeah, he but... almost hit the bar. You're right. Sorry. But other than that, I mean, how many shots did we have for the entire match compared to their number? We had six, six shots. Uh, they had 13 shots. We didn't have any on target. And they had three, yeah. Okay. So there's some other issue that probably needs to be addressed with the team because we haven't really scored that many goals on the season so far. 
I mean, you know, yes, we've been winning, but it's like one zero. Look at Colorado Springs or even San Antonio. Look at the number of goals they've scored so far this season. It doesn't look good for us. Yeah, the, they've been they've been scoring uh, quite a few, right? And even El Paso that had a bad start. I mean, they they have. 25 goals scored. They're actually the leading team in goals scored, right? Keep in mind, there's a team that was doing really bad initially. They right, they were like in the last positions of the table in the first couple of games. And now they're the team that has scored the most goals in, in the whole uh, Western Conference. Yeah, so, we, I mean, we're not doing all that great in the uh, goal difference. I mean, there's there's even a team that's native one in the goal difference in the Western Conference, and, and they're still in the top seven. Uh, actually, uh, that is Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Lights. So something's okay, got to so, give. So here's the deal. If you think back to some of the coaches we've had, Precky was an attacking midfielder, and we were scoring at will under Precky. Paul Buckle was a striker for the most part, and an attacking midfielder. And we scored lots of goals under those guys. Now we've we've had a couple coaches that are a little bit more um, midfield, defensive midfield oriented. And our goal scoring, you know, isn't what we expect it to be. So do you bring in somebody to help with, uh, you know, as an assistant coach who really understands the striker mentality and understands the forward mentality? Um, and I think Mark Briggs gets it, but he can't, once the guys are on the field, once you've got 11 guys on the field, it's up to them. Um, but, but what else can we do? So it's funny. Um, I've coached teams. One of the things we never, ever did before when we were doing warmups, we never took shots on goal. We worked on all kinds of other things for activation, but we worked on shots on goal during training sessions not during warm-up because sometimes you run out of shots on goal because you did it all in warm-up so that when game comes, I don't know, I'm superstitious. I never took shots on goal when I was warming up for matches. It's just like I trained for it all week long, but when match day came, that was not part of my warm-up. My warm-up was on touches, on tactics, on visualization, um, on working with my teammates, but not shots. So it's just kind of, it's interesting. I don't know if other, you know, I know everybody does it differently, but I don't know. My two cents. Well, but Sharon, do you agree that we have, we have a scoring problem. We have a scoring problem. We had a scoring problem last year. We have a scoring problem this year. And And I I think the last season with Paul Buckle, we had a scoring problem. The last season under him. Yes. But when we first got him, no. No, it was still, we were doing a lot of, we were scoring, you know, we've had matches, let's face it, when we played, um, what is it, the under 23s and, you know, the Tacoma under, whatever they were, um, the, uh, was it Portland? I don't know who it was, Seattle Sanders under 23s and the Open Cup in the early round. We're, we got what, four or five goals on them. And it was like, maybe we got more than that, you know, um, it was crazy what we got. But again, we were playing against, you know, traffic cones, essentially they couldn't keep us and they couldn't catch us. So, so it was good. We have the ability. I just don't know why we're not doing it as a team. It could always be worse. I still remember a few years ago and I think it was under buckles, uh, administration where we had nearly a month or so where we didn't score any goals. I mean, (laughs) it was, 
it was well over a couple hundred minutes uh, that we had logged without scoring a single goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping we we can avoid that altogether from from happening again. But uh, yes, we we do have a net problem. We have a a problem with getting uh, getting the balls into the net uh, early on. I mean, we used to not have that problem, but now we're relying once again on the last 15, 20 minutes to get something in. There was an interesting stat that this season so far, we have only held the lead for less than 50 minutes all season long. I mean, it's one thing to score early or even score just after ha- halftime, but the fact that we're only getting the a lot of the goals in the last 15 to 20 minutes, I mean, that's... That's leaving a lot on the table. I mean, we, we could easily put in the goals. I mean, we, we used to score at will. I, I know I'm going back with that, but we need to do something about getting the goals in as early as possible and as often as possible. Dude, but you I, just you just went through the USL Unsolved Mysteries for Sacramento Republic. You just you just <laughs> stated it broad and clear. That's the unsolved mystery for today. Honestly. There we go. And there I we go. Luis, you should have piped that music in before Jared launched into that last thing. But that was the unsolved mystery for the year, from for the day. I actually did. No, the, the music was playing. You guys just didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, it was there. Yeah, I, I heard it, but you guys didn't hear yeah. it. <laughs> that, is, that is our unsolved mysteries, folks. Thank you, Jared, for pointing out Captain Obvious once again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, m- my question to to you three, and uh, I want to hear what you guys would do. But if you're a coach, what do you do on Wednesday, knowing that you have a game on Saturday that is away at Oakland? Do you play your best players on Wednesday, right, due to the game, or do you not play all the best players on Wednesday to make sure that you're good for Saturday? So you don't actually face yet another loss, which could be uh, really bad, right? It could really kick us out of the playoff territory. And not only that, but revive uh, Oakland roots that are just uh, six points away from us right now. I play our best team. I look at training because they're going to be training tomorrow and they're going to train one day on the weekend is my guess. I would look at training and I would make an assessment then as to who's ready to play in the U.S. Open Cup, given what San Jose just did last night um, against Portland Timbers. They pulled a win out of their butt, three to two. Um, They're starting to gain ground um, slowly. So, boy, that's a tough one, Martha, Jared, and, and, and Luis. I would want the best team on Wednesday, but then I would also want the best team against Oakland, you know? But who plays better on a smaller field? Isn't uh, Cheney, uh, not Cheney Field, um, the Laney, Co- Laney College Field, isn't that smaller? I believe so. I mean, I, I haven't gotten a chance to really see much about PayPal Park. I mean, obviously we're not playing there, but I, I think Laney is probably going to be smaller field, if, if not the more problematic in the past anyway. It's, it's smaller and it's artificial. So who are my guys that play better on a smaller artificial turf? And who are my guys that play better on slippery freaking heart health park pitch? You know, we know that it's like playing on ice sometimes because of the guys slide around so damn much. Um, so 
so who who's best there you know it shouldn't be too bad with the weather how it's going to be like next week uh hopefully yeah, <laughs> even if they, they water they water it <laughs> too much they water it too much they do they, they should not be watering it at half time uh, i i just i just don't understand why why you do that at half time but hopefully we find out sometime what, connor, what about you, you Jer? Find, <laughs> connor find out why they water it connor come on let us know yeah that would be great to get some insights on that uh jared what, what are your thoughts i mean i would love to see our best players especially given the uh, major impact, you know, the fact that we're playing San Jose again, and this time at home, we've got to defend the the home streak right right now. I mean, but then again, to add to, to Sharon's uh, point, I mean, training would definitely help out, especially with the past few weeks that we've had to see who's up for the challenge, who's able to maintain their footing on, on the pitch that, that that we have, because unfortunately. Uh, at least the last couple of games, it has felt like we were watching the San Jose Sharks uh, on, on the ice. I mean, hopefully the heat will not dry it out too much, but at least not see what, is, what has been happening with, with uh, the grass and everything like that. So it's definitely a conundrum between starting our absolute best against San Jose to try and cement history to go further up but also have folks available that can uh, take out Oakland, even though Oakland has recently been uh, cursed with the Joseph A. Bank virus as well. Yeah, it's definitely a really tough situation. And yeah, I don't know who would want to be coach right now because, you know, one could have different impact over the other and, and all that. But yeah, it's a difficult situation because I think as much as, you know, it'll hurt us, right, to be eliminated from Open Cup. It's just, it's happened right in the past, and we know it's a tough match and all that. But to lose at Oakland and to, uh, you know, be closer to them in the table, right, not be six points away from them, that, that can get a little complicated, right? And people definitely remember when you don't make playoffs versus uh, when you get eliminated from the Cup. So it, it's a tough dilemma and, and all that. Uh, I myself, I mean, I want us to give a great game on Wednesday and to give a great game, you need to have your best team out there. And well, we'll see. Uh, one more question. And this is, you know, as I'm transitioning over to the next game that we'll be having uh, next Wednesday at Hartwell Park, 7.30 p.m. Get your tickets if you have not gotten them yet because uh, the game is going to be selling out i think for most of the stadium uh is, is what it's looking like right now but when they play against us um we know we're not going to have dougie for the game against oakland right and it's a given uh, there's no way that they're going to remove the red car like they did for luther uh, i think that's going to move on if anything it might even be a two-game ban uh we'll see what what they tell us right but do you guys actually bring Dougie to the bench considering that? Or do you just say he's not even going to be in the bench for this game? We want to make sure he understands uh, what he did was wrong. D do you bench Dougie or do you just not uh, call Dougie up to this game? As far as the San Jose match, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, I mean, granted he'll be, he'll be taking on MLS club and we could, uses the speed when he applies it, but 
given the the past couple of matches, the fact that there hasn't been a lot of the the effort, you know, the chutzpah to run in when needed. I I can't see him being being on the on the bench. I mean, he's he's got to be in the right mentality to even get on the bench, to, you know, to to earn that spot. And past couple of weeks, I mean, and it pains me to say it. I've not seen it there. So I, I don't think he's going to be on the, on the bench uh, for, for Wednesday. Yeah, I agree. He wouldn't be on the bench for me. So here's the deal. You know, sometimes you have to just evaluate what happens in training and who knows what the conversation has been happening between Roro and Dougie and, you know, the players, we don't know what's going on in the locker room. We don't know what's going on in the training field. So we honestly don't know how Mark Briggs feels about the whole situation with Dougie. Um, does he reward him by letting him be in the 18 against San Jose? I think so. Um, it depends on, you know, the remorse that the kid has shown over, you know, putting his team in a difficult position, um, against El Paso. And so they've had to work through that and they've had to talk through all of that. We don't know what those conversations looked like. And, you know, based on that, I will trust Mark Briggs to make the best decision for the team. And, you know, for beating San Jose, if it means we bring Dougie in as a super sub, then great. I think, you know, I think that that's something I think Luther can probably. Okay. So the very first time we ever saw Luther play, he came out and he was fouling everybody. He was going up and he was making himself his presence known. Well, he's backed off that a little bit. He doesn't go out and do that every match. Now he definitely makes his presence known by being a big guy and being hard to handle because he is a big guy, right? He's a load and you know, you've got to match up and I have a funny feeling there. I, I, I think we're going to see a bit of Luther for San Jose, um, a bit more Luther against the match, uh, you know, against San Jose, but you know, I would still have Dougie in the hip pocket. I, I I would, because if we could use his speed on a breakaway situation, if they put Tommy Thompson in against us, we definitely need Dougie because T- Tommy isn't fast. He's skillful. He's a smart player. But if they have him playing one of the outside backs, we're, we we got Dougie. We need Dougie like crazy. Or we need somebody that can turn um, Tommy Thompson inside out on the outside, on the outside flanks. Their central defenders are pretty good. Um, San Jose. They they did a decent job against Portland yesterday, but not fantastic. Decent. So I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth if we're doing predictions. You know, um, I, I trust Mark Briggs to make the right choices for who he wants on the field. But I, I keep thinking, okay, we're going to win this match. But then again, San Jose's hot right now. And we're having our heads hang from the loss. And so it's like, where's our confidence level? Do you think that the fans can carry this squad to the point where we get more out of our squad than, you know, than they've been showing, you know, that's just, there's so many variables to this damn sport. You know, why do we love it so much? Darn it. I really wish we didn't love it so much, you know, (laughs) because it's, it's like everything that they do where we hang on it. And yeah, I just want Wednesday to come and go and for us to know that we won and we've moved on, you know, at the end of the day. And so I was thinking we'd make a bold prediction. I'd make a bold prediction to one, but it's not going to be that close. I mean, it's, we're going to have more goals. San Jose is going to score some goals against us. 
But I have a funny feeling if we have guys like Kecko and Quayo and Luther turning people inside out and having our passing sequences look better and Zico, Tina, I said the word Zico. Yes. If, if he's on his game, I think we can have some danger there. You know, I, Luis Felipe, that's who he used to play for. He's played for San Jose. Mm-hmm. So how's he going to feel going up against his old squad? Is he going to be a prove it attitude kind of guy? Or is he going to be like, oh my God, it's my old squad. Bah! You know, which, which Luis are we going to get? Is Luis going to be consistent Luis? Um, you know, and then I, I know Connor Donovan can be cool as a cucumber. I know he's going to be really helpful going up against San Jose. So I'm not that concerned about whether or not they play Dougie at the end of the day. Um, I want the score to be 3-2 Sacramento, but I have a feeling it's going to be 3-2 San Jose. Um, And I know we're getting close to making predictions and picking the first goal scorer for uh, Sacramento. Well, let's go ahead and do that too. Um, And and if it were up to me, I I bench Dougie uh, just so he realizes uh, uh, what he did. And and so he doesn't get rewarded for his behavior in such a – big game that we'll have i mean it, it'll hurt us not to have a speed but as we know we don't even know if we actually can even count on it so uh, I, i put him in uh, as a super sub and if he proves himself as a sub then he might you know gain regain the confidence of coach but let's go ahead and look at our predictions then sharon uh, no let's res- no oh. i'm not going first okay <laughs> jared let's just go to you and if not i got mine already but <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as Wednesday goes, and I, I know I'm probably going to get uh, get stuff for it, but I'm going to see it as one one going into extra time. I'm I'm, I'm hoping Republic FC win an extra time. I mean, I, I'll put it this way: I I have a feeling it's going to be a repeat of the last time we met. But please, Republic FC, please prove me wrong. Please win in, in extra time. But I'm, with the, with the strength that San Jose has lately, and and also if we were basing it on the performance from this past uh, this past match, we we we've got to get our confidence up. But please forgive me. I I I say San Jose will pro- probably end up winning this. Oh uh, well, let let me add just one uh, extra uh, category here. If you guys are okay with it. If you choose for it to go to extra time, will there be PKs? And if you even if you don't choose for it to go to extra time, you could still say yes or no, and you'll get a bonus point. PKs, so. they're going, they're going to PKs. That's that's where the heartbreak is going to come from. And the first goal scorer, Jared. Uh, I am going to go with uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Luther uh, Ashamed. All right, and because I know Sharon's probably still thinking of hers, Martha. What will it also give your your prediction and first goal scorers and all that extra thing. Well, I think we win. I think Republic wins. I think it's going to be three, two, but I think it's going to be a Republic win. And I'm going to go with something crazy depending on who is in there, but I think Jack Gurr might, might score for us. Ooh, that would be great. What a great match for us to sing the, Jagger song and do the Jagger dance, right? <laughs> so, so been close so many times. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was a chance that they had, if not this past match, but the match beforehand. So he he's gotten us close. I mean, he's gotten us close to putting on the dancing shoes. Okay, Luis, what's your prediction? 
All right. So mine is a 2-2. Uh, and I think Roro scores the first goal. We go to extra time. We go to PKs. And we lose in PKs. And I, I just like Jared, I hate to say it that way, but I, I think it's going to be quite a dramatic game. And, you know, if we do lose in PKs, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be with our head up because, you know, we, we, we've given them a, a game to remember. I think it's 2-1 San Jose wins regulation. And our our goal is going to be either on a PK or, God, Roro is overdue, you know, for a goal. But, God, I really want either Luis Felipe or Emil Cuello or Luther. I want to pick A, B, or C of, you know, I want to pick all of them to score their first goal. Um, God, my gut was at Luther initially, and then it went to Luis because he scored and, you know, in the last match that we saw at home. And then now I want like a defender like Connor Donovan. So on a, on a set piece, but then I think we're going to score not in the run of play, but I think we're going to get awarded a PK and that would be Roro. Oh, you guys sucks. All right. I'm doing run of play set piece, Connor Donovan. That's our goal. Okay. And, and I honestly, I have us losing in regulation to one. I don't want that, but it just, I want Martha's score. I want Republic to win three, two, but I'm a little bit of a realist here. So unless they prove me wrong. <laughs> well, well, in the event that they do go to PKs, um, just because we're having that extra category um, yes. or in the, I mean, I'm sorry. In the event that we do go to extra time, do you see PKs or no PKs? No PKs. Okay. Well, looks like Martha is the uh, ray of optimism out of all of us uh, tonight. Um, hopefully, Republic FC proves her right and, and the rest of us wrong. Hopefully, we get this win. So, Republic FC, it lies on you. Make us lose and make Martha win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we definitely want her to, to, to get that because we, we want to get the win in regular time and not stay any more extra time <laughs> and definitely not have uh, any dramatic moments there uh, at the end. Um, well, uh, that's, that's what we have. So just a quick summary here, Jared one, one Luther scores first goal. The yes, there's extra times and PKs and we lose Sharon two, uh, one San Jose wins. Uh, Connor scores the first goal, no extra time. And if we do go extra time, no PKs, I say two, two, you got Roro scoring first goal. Yes. To extra time. Um, PKs, yes, and we lose in PKs. And then Martha says a 3-2 regular time, and Jack scores the first goal and gets us uh, singing the Jagger song and the dance, of course, as well. So So I just want to say this, uh, Luis and and Jared and, and Martha and everybody listening, we have all the faith that Sacramento Republic can pull it out and can do this, but I think reality has set in that going up against an MLS team. We have never gotten past an MLS team. Well, except for uh, Seattle years ago, but we've never, when we're this deep in the round, when we're in the 16s, we've never advanced. So I just, the cards are so stacked against us. That's why I think our predictions are based on reality. It's not, that's what we want. 
It's just we want points. But <laughs> we're playing but this also, little freaking internal yeah. game. We have this but, stupid little internal game. <laughs> and so we have to base it in reality of, you know, uh, and so thank you, Louise, for creating the game or whoever it was. Maybe it was, me, maybe it was Jared, who knows? But, you know, because the stupid game, we make these predictions. It was, ah, sorry, team. Sorry. <laughs> We also have to remember that we haven't had such a great record against San Jose. I mean, granted, anytime we've played them, it's always been at PayPal Park. I'm hoping the tide changes by having the match at Heart Health Park. And I'm, and believe me, I want our boys to win, too. If it were up to me, we would shut them out 10 nothing. But like Sharon said, we have to exercise uh, realistic, uh, you know, realistic goals here. I mean, it would, it would be great if we went even by one, but we we got to be real about it. There is a real possibility that we'll end up losing. And of course, we're all going to use up lovely words the next podcast afterwards. But, you know, we, we got to be real. I mean, I applaud Martha's optimism and, and I and I hope she she has the omen gift because some of us have had it. Hopefully Martha has it and then we end up advancing to the round of eight. But really other I mean, other than playing San Jose, yes, we beat in Seattle, yes, we beat in Real Salt Lake, but that's it. I mean, those were in the rounds before. We've never gotten past the hump of round of sixteen. Hopefully we can do so. We we just gotta keep our eyes open, whether it be on ESPN plus, uh, which I mean, which thankfully I still have and I have been using it here and there. But I know those of us that are not going to make it to the match are going to have eyes glued uh, to ESPN+. Plus. In fact, I'm definitely going to be spreading, spreading the word to the uh, Kings Republic FC uh, in Arizona group as well. We need to tune in on Wednesday. It's going to be a very hard, much watched match, that's for sure. And then, oh, Betty, <laughs> damn you for changing teams <laughs> on us. We love you, Betty, but we're going to hate you this coming Wednesday. <laughs> We're going to work against you like crazy. And if you get a beer shower, don't look, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. Right. And th- yeah, we all really hope that Martha's prediction is the, is the right one. <laughs> There's well, definitely I, not one I, we want to win. I think because we're playing at home, we've never played at home at the round of 16. So mm-hmm. I think you have to give us a little edge there. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I think it's definitely going to be more of a challenge, I think, than maybe the other games that we played away in the last two Open Cups, which granted, we did give them a good run for their money in the last one against San Jose and the one before that against LAFC. And so, you know, hopefully the players feed off the fan energy because it is going to be packed out there. And that, that that's all we could really hope for, right? So that happens then... You know, we, we we hope that they give us the best game of their lives <laughs> uh, or at least, you know, play, play to win. And at the end of the day, that, that's all we really ask for. And no matter what happens, uh, we'll leave the stadium happy if, if we know that, you know, they gave it their all. Right. We may have been losing or whatnot, and they still played uh, till the 90 minutes. So we've got a couple items in our in our favor. So so let's let's focus on that. Not only do we have. The no loss streak for this season in 
really general, I mean, both involving USL and uh, Open Cup this year, but also we still have the the longest active uh, winning uh, home winning streak, I should say, in modern Open Cup history. We uh, we have won the majority. I believe we are 15-1-0, I believe, our home record for Open Cup matches. All the losses of, we've had, of course, have been on the road. So we've got the power of the streaks with us. Let's hope it's powerful. They're both powerful enough to overtake San Jose and face who who's next on that. Yeah, hey, we're hoping for the best. And like I said, not, none of us, or at least uh, Jared, me, and Sharon, definitely don't want to get any points on the prediction itself. Run <laughs> if it means us winning, of course, right? Because <laughs> um, all right. Well, just one last thing, as just so everyone knows. Uh, Next week, before the game, we're going to have uh, two live shows. We're doing something we've never done before. Uh, on Monday at 7 p.m., we're going to have a couple of Earthquake fans. And so we'll be getting an insight on uh, what they bring to the table and you know what, how they've been doing in their last couple of uh, MLS games and Cup games as well. And then on Tuesday, we'll be having our traditional town hall show 7.30 p.m. Uh, it's what we're hoping will be actually the best uh, town hall we've ever done. We're going to have a lot of people on there. So you definitely want to tune in, leave your comments on the match. Uh, we're going to be all hyped up for it because it's going to be less than 24 hours until the match happens on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that again on uh, Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. And we're also going to have a special guest on the show. Billion Bijev will be on there. So if you guys have any questions for him, uh, feel free to leave them in the comments on Tuesday on, on uh, Facebook or YouTube. Those two places you can actually leave comments on. And he'll be talking to us a lot about you know his experience with the Open Cup. We know he scored really amazing goals in the last two that we were a part of uh, against uh, the Earthquakes and LAFC. So he's definitely an Open Cup guy and you know he, he knows what it is to score against uh, these teams and at their venues. So uh, we're really excited to uh, have him back on a live show there as well. Also, um, just again, reminder, if you have not gotten your tickets to that game next Wednesday, get them soon. They're selling out really quick. And this is one game you definitely don't want to miss because it's going to be something else out there. The atmosphere is going to be um, a little similar to it, what it was back in uh, 2014, 2015, uh, I'm sure. And then on top of that, they're going to have their $2 beer, soda, water special. So a drink for everyone and reasonably priced uh, at a game that sure weather is going to be a little hot, but they're making it up here with this really great special. So no one will be dehydrated and, you know, you'll be able to buy uh, your drinks for for the family, for friends. Uh, they're, they're decently priced. So again, shout out to the team for doing that special. All right. Um, any last final parting words, uh, Martha, Sharon, Jared, before we uh, turn recording off for tonight? And also, again, thank you, Martha, for joining us here today. Oh, well, thanks for inviting me, Luis. That was very nice of you. I say go Republic. I say go Republic. I repeat what Martha just said. Go Republic. Prove us wrong. And thanks, everybody, for listening in and for Luis for always being the backbone. Well, you know me, I'm always going to be chanting SRFC from the AZ. Let's get this win. And uh, if, if anyone's out there, ha have a couple of the $2 beers or so for me, because gra granted, 
you know, it's, it's going to be hot. You got to keep hydrated. And if you do buy the beers, also get the water. It's always good to, to switch here and there. So got to stay healthy, got to stay hydrated in order to cheer these boys on for the win. Yeah, well, well said. Uh, I'll join in on the Go Republic chant and, uh, you know, let, let's, you know, g give us the best game we've ever seen. And, you know, we, we hope for the best and, and that's all we can really ask for. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in as usual and also for the support that y'all give to us in every episode. We really appreciate it. And you help us uh, grow this show more and more each day. We'll see you all next week again on Monday and Tuesday with our live shows. Have a great day. And uh, we'll see you at the game if you go out to the game on Wednesday. But I, I want to okay, move this forward. This is weird. To... Either my connection froze or Luis got Elsa'd. Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. On, on I'm my good. end, I'm hearing everybody perfectly fine right now. Me too. Okay, I, I think I think all, all frozen is is over with you, Sharon. <laughs> uh, Elsa just doesn't want to ah, leave you. Crap! <laughs> it's just me. It's just me and Elsa. Got it. Okay. Fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, uh, I guess you might need to downgrade to 4G, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my house at this point, and I have super fast Wi-Fi, but obviously my Wi-Fi thinks. <laughs>